Reinforcements are on the way. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Surak joins me. A new face and several familiar faces were on the practice field Wednesday, though none of them were named Kyler Murray. Still waiting for him to return. In the meantime, though, Josh Dobbs is playing some good, very good football. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 681, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, one heart, one threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealou. Once again, Danny has done it. She has spoken something into existence, and that is now the second straight week. She called her shot against the Dallas Cowboys. That was a win. And then earlier this week, she forecasted that Garrett Williams would be on the practice field on Wednesday. For those that do not listen to Cardinals Underground, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a good listen, good chemistry, but that is where Danny manifested the third-round draft pick being on the football field for the first time ever in his Cardinals career. Well, it was last week at practice. I was standing next to you, and we saw Garrett Williams looking a little more active than he has in the past. He wasn't still on the NFI list because of his knee injury, recovering from that ACL injury he had last year. He was stand- He can't practice, but he was standing around the position group, and he was seemed more active in practice. And I said to you, maybe he just has less rehab he has to do. Maybe he's trying to make sure what he's been studying watching film and in meetings, you know, seeing it out of practice. Maybe he's just getting used to what a practice looks like, the process of it. And lo and behold, and I think that's why when I asked defensive coordinator Nick Rawless the day before, I I just worded as, what have you learned about Garrett Williams to the work ethic? What have you gathered without seeing him out on the field so far? And it was a good answer, but from Rawless's normal answers it was much shorter than normal so then when we got uh, the message from the public relations department that the Cardinals were elevating him not elevating him but designated to return from the NFI list I was like ah now it all makes sense the practice window has been opened for Williams so now the key is 21 days the Cardinals have to make a decision you either activate him put him on that 53-man roster or leave him on the NFI list and it's it's something that a lot of people have been pointing to this this week, October 2nd, that Monday after the 49ers game, because that is when week four is complete. And everyone is pointing to Kyler Murray. Is he going to be designated to return? Well, there's also MyJ Sanders, who is eligible to be designated to return. Dennis Daly as well, who was designated to return. So some help for that Cardinals offensive line. But to me... The position in most need of help right now is cornerback. That is why I am thrilled to see Williams on the practice field. Now, how many practices does he need in order to be game ready? I'm not sure, but that is something considering he has not played any football since tearing his ACL in October. It's not like he had a training camp and missed the first four weeks. He hasn't had any football activity in almost a full calendar year. I agree with you. Here's what's confusing about that thought is just a few days ago one or two days ago 
the Cardinals released two cornerbacks, Chris Boyd and Christian Matthew. So if you release two cornerbacks, is that not making room on the 53-man roster for your rookie cornerback and Garrett Williams? Right? Doesn't that seem like that would make sense? Although I'm on the same page as you where we've seen Zach Ertz coming off an ACL injury, needed a few weeks of practice. That's what we have gathered, what it seems like the plan for Kyler Murray would be. You would think it'd be the same for Garrett Williams, especially as a rookie who didn't have any sort of true offseason out on the field whatsoever. I would be surprised if we saw Garrett Williams, who wears number 21 for those interested and maybe just have forgotten. It would be a surprise to see him this week against the Bengals. Now, we've been surprised before, yet three practices and a walkthrough just doesn't seem to be enough. It is a position, though, that I do think this team needs to address And whether that's this week or next week, having Garrett Williams in that room would give the Cardinals some help. Marco Wilson and Keytrail Clark, they have missed, combined, five snaps this season. Jalen Thompson is the only defensive player who has played every single snap. The next two are Marco Wilson and Keytrail Clark. Not that they can't handle it, although I will say this, there's a spotlight on Marco. He has struggled this season. It's been up and down. Keytrail's been fairly consistent, and you're going to get beat at that position. You have to have that short-term memory as a cornerback. And what we've learned under Nick Rollis and this defense, they put their cornerbacks on an island. They're not going to get a lot of help. And so it's the onus is on the player to do their job. But can you work in a Garrett Williams, again, whether that's this week or next week, to maybe give a little bit of a rotation to help that secondary? Absolutely. And that, that, again, is what's interesting is you would think, look, I, I agree with you, that is of all the players that are coming back in the positions that you need that extra depth, that cornerback does scream like the top need of the other positions where you're getting players coming back this week. It's just interesting of if we're saying, look, the cornerbacks need that extra help, right? Garrett Williams, the draft profile on him, the expectations were very high. He fell to the third round of the Cardinals because of that injury but what are realistic expectations of not just when can he get on the field but what's a realistic expectation of what he can provide to this team that was a question I also had for Nick Rollis didn't get a really specific answer which makes sense it's a player by player case similar to the rookie BJ Ojolari missed all of the offseason as a rookie which is imperative because he was rehabbing an injury so his snap counts have been low and have progressively been getting more and more each week. And when we've talked to his position coach, Rob Rodriguez, he said, look, the things that BJ is learning or having to correct, the other players, the other rookies specifically, had an entire offseason do that. It's just going to take time. I would expect the same for Garrett Williams as a rookie of you're having to very quickly, yes, he's been learning the scheme, but now he's having to put it out into action on the field. And you're having to do so and quickly learn your mistakes. I did like, though, that was a note that Garrett Williams made outside his locker room to the media Wednesday of the mentality of it's not easy to suffer such a significant injury and then go out on the field and not have that even in the far back of your mind of maybe being a little more cautious. Williams said, I don't have time for that. The season's already started. I'm already behind in the sense of he hasn't played yet, not behind in understanding things. He said, I don't have time to be thinking about any of that or to be hesitating in any of my moves. Like, 
now that I'm out there practicing, I've got to make the most of it. He's jumping into the deep end. And now the question is, when do the Cardinals kind of force the issue and get him out there on that football field? I do think it it's maybe a little bit unrealistic to see him on Sunday. But again, that is a position of need. It would also help regardless of this week's opponent or not, but that secondary if you had a more consistent pass rush. We hear that phrase, rush and cover, cover and rush. They work simultaneously. If you have a strong pass rush, then you're not asking as much from your secondary. If you don't have that strong pass rush, then all of a sudden, yeah, you're asking Marco and Keytrell to cover an extra second, an extra second and a half, and then I don't care how good of a cornerback you are. You can be an all-pro. You cannot cover a wide receiver in this league if you're the quarterback has all time to throw. It's just it's impossible. That's why there needs to be a little bit more of a consistent pass rush for this Cardinals, which happened sparingly this past week against the 49ers. It's so interesting because the first four weeks, that position group specifically in the outside linebackers has exceeded at least my expectations, I don't speak for everybody else, but they came out hot. Like They came out swinging to start the season. It's been very impressive. I just wonder with the constant rotation and the type of players they have, right? the body type, the lack of overall experience, what is realistic week after week from from that position group, right? Of you don't have any of those star powers, right? You don't have anybody that's having to get double teamed. So when you only have one sack in Dennis Gardeck last week, I'm expecting other weeks where that's a similar number. Like, we're not going to have weeks again, I, I don't think, on a consistent basis where this team is having four or six sacks. It's doable, but I just think when you continue to look at the schedule and, and these opponents and how fast these quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball, I just don't know how much how realistic it is to have such a presence in that area of the game from from this position group. I mean, you were talking about Joe Burrow's getting the ball out how fast? 2.44 seconds, which is the second fastest according to next-gen stats. And there's reason, right? Injury and personnel and all that. But the point is, I mean, he's getting the ball out that quick. like, And that that that's part of the, you know, you, your weighing of like pros and cons of when you're looking at stats of outside linebackers is it's so much more than sacks. And so even if they're not putting up those big sack numbers because Joe Burrow is getting the ball out quickly, right? It's just as important to get those pressures, those hurries, those hits, all of those components. And with the Bengals, and because Burrow has been so limited this season with that calf strain, I mean, he is in shotgun almost 100% of the time. He's not under center because he can't take the ball from center because of that calf. So he has to rely on a one-step drop after the shotgun snap and then get the ball out to his playmakers. So again, the onus is on the cornerbacks, maybe because you're not having that time as Zayvon Collins, Dennis Garda, Cameron Thomas, B.J. Ojolari, Jesse Lucetta. They don't have Victor Dumikeji. I don't want to leave anyone out. They don't have the time, even if they beat their guy, by the right. time they get in the face of or even a step before getting to the quarterback, the ball is already behind them. Right, and it's... I agree. We're on the same page of you need better play, tighter coverage in your secondary. Every week, you know, like, look, they're they're facing Jamar Chase, great wide receiver. But the thing is, at this point in, in the league, every week this Cardinals defense is facing a good receiver. Think of Brandon Ayuk and the space that he had 
all game. He may have only had, what, six or seven catches, catches yeah. right? But each one of them was imperative. And each one of them, he had space. And on his 42-yarder, he was double teamed by Jalen Thompson and Marco Wilson. And Brock Purdy took the risk, and it ended up being worth it because despite being double teamed, Ayuk made that catch. You just have to you have to have better coverage in the secondary. That's really what it boils down to. Is this team missing a Buda Baker who's still nursing a hamstring injury? Yes. Does having Buda Baker out on the field eliminate all of those problems? No. Now he eliminates a lot of them, but having him out there won't be the magic switch of, okay, now everything is great again. Like just in general, you need better, tighter coverage. During the open portion of practice on Wednesday, Garrett Williams was working with the safeties, which is interesting because he's a cornerback. And, but again, open portion, what position group are you working with? It was no different than earlier in the offseason. Zayvon Collins, hey, look, he's with the outside linebackers. Well, that's that's different. That's strange. I just have to see what happens Thursday and Friday. Was this just to kind of get his feet wet? Again, first practice in almost a calendar year, but they're starting him with the safeties. Is that more as a nickel corner, i.e. Jalen Thompson? You get Garrett Williams on the field. You can move JT more as that safety. Again, a lot of moving parts here. It's very early in the process. To me, though, that secondary needs help. And you've got Garrett Williams, and you got two more weeks without Buda Baker. I just, part of me wonders if that's their way of getting him comfortable, not just mentally, but physically, of let's get him involved, but that would limit his snap count. You're not going to put him in there and, and have him replace Marco Wilson or Keytrell Clark as your starting cornerback. That That's how I kind of take it as we want to limit his snap count. It probably doesn't make the most sense to take out Clark or Wilson to get Garrett Williams those reps. You put him in at nickel, okay, it kind of gives you the best of both worlds in that situation. Kayvon Wallace has missed a number of tackles the last couple of weeks. Again, Jalen Thompson is a standout safety, but you lose a lot when you do not have Buda Baker on the football field, and they've tried to figure out what they're going to do at that safety position. Maybe it's another cornerback rather than a safety in the back end. Now, I mentioned Dennis Daly designated to return. He missed the first four games because of an ankle injury. More depth on that offensive line. Gannon on Wednesday, though, did mention that Daly was going to have a role at the start of this season. He was that sixth offensive lineman, whether for blocking or a quote-unquote fullback. But there was a role for Daly at the start of this season. He misses those first four games, so now you got some added depth specifically in the interior, but he can also play tackle. Didn't quite play very well at tackle for the Titans a year ago. But again, depth along that offensive line. I almost... (laughs) It reminded me of, oh, yeah, I forgot the final preseason game in Minnesota. It was like back-to-back injury. John Gaines and Dennis Daly both being carted off. Gaines with a season-ending knee injury. So it's it's great news to have Dennis Daly back. I would imagine he will get most of the practice reps if we see any game time probably at left guard. Behind Elijah Wilkinson, that was where we were seeing most of Dennis Daly, especially now we've learned that Tristan Cologne who was signed just a few weeks ago to the Cardinals, was the backup center. He's the one who went in when Yelda Froholt had to miss a few snaps for precautionary reasons from the league, which is great that they're doing that to make sure players are healthy and safe and not just playing through possible injuries. So I would imagine, 
while you would still want to make sure Cologne and you have your options moving along the O-line in practice, I would imagine now that you have Dennis Daly back, he'll probably get those reps as your backup left guard and you can really get Tristan Cologne a lot of reps as your backup center. Versatility along the offensive line key if you're going to have a uniform on game day. Now I did mention that Kyler Murray and MyJ Sanders also eligible to return. They have not been designated. I'm going to take MyJ first here before we talk about Kyler. MyJ Sanders has been dealing with a hand issue that he's been dealing with on and off since the start of training camp. We've seen him watching the outside linebackers. I would love to see him designated to return, but that position right now is so deep. What do you do if you do try to bring back MyJ? I mean, it's not like there's not a 10-sack guy in that room right now. Dennis Gardeck is the closest thing you have right now to a consistent pass rush. Four sacks leads the team. I think he's top 10 or just outside the top five as far as league rankings. But there was a lot of, I wouldn't say pressure, but a lot of expectation on this season for both Cameron Thomas and my Jay Sanders. Year two for those draft picks. Can you take that next step forward? We've seen a little bit from Cameron Thomas. We haven't seen any get from Sanders, and that's just because of the injury. That makes me wonder again if it's going to be a similar situation to B.J. Ojolari and what we can expect from Garrett Williams of having to slowly work MyJ Sanders back in. You touched on it. This is not a player, a longtime veteran. This is a player who we saw some flashes his rookie season last year, but he's he's missed very important parts of not only obviously the season and games, but all the practices and understanding this new scheme. And maybe his position coach, Rob Rodriguez, wants him to do things a little differently. That's an injury that gets a little tricky of if you've got a hand injury, right? You know, you're not able to practice the same way with your hand in the dirt or any sort of like, you know, bull rush or, you know, the way you use your hands is is so important, that position group. I would imagine that when Majay Sanders comes back, it would probably be in a limited role to get him comfortable. And you can do that because you have had, for the most part, consistency from the players you've been playing outside. Again, I was just saying, you know, you had six sacks one week. That's not that's not realistic each week. But I do think that, for the most part, that position group has done a good enough job consistently getting some pressure, um, especially when you've had such a, bang, such a banged-up defensive line. So I, I don't feel like you need to force Maje Sanders to come in. There there might be not necessarily a drop-off, but this the timing of this injury in Sanders' career might have had a pretty significant delay in terms of otherwise what his progress would have been up until this point. Limited reps, and are you, with those limited reps, are you showing enough to the coaches to where, okay, this can be something that once you get back, get healthy, we can plug you right back in, and maybe it's to the point now where he just does not have that right now and and what we've seen from him working on the side it looks like maybe a soft cast or really thick brace is what it's looked like on his hand now the Kyler discussion because I'm sure there's a lot of fans that are disappointed that Kyler Murray was not one of the players designated to return again he's eligible and that's not that's not a Kyler Murray not returning that's a people being disappointed well, you could be disappointed. I mean... Why? If he's not physically no, ready, yeah. he's not ready. Uh, no, I get that. But disappointed because you want to see Kyler on the For football sure. field. 
but he's not ready because the key is you get designated to return, you have 21 days, three weeks to make a decision. You activate him, put him on that 53-man roster, or you leave him on PUP and he's done for the rest of the season. So if you don't believe, and obviously the Cardinals do not, that Kyler Murray, if designated today, can be in a game or be available to participate in a game within three weeks or put him on that roster and make him the emergency third quarterback because he's still quite not ready to participate, but you want him to get some practice reps. And again, this is all about roster spots as well. You want to make sure that Kyler, once he is designated to return and you put him on that 53-man roster, he better be sooner rather than later available to play and not just be that inactive player on game day. I am all in favor of not forcing this. And a big part of that is because of the 21-day window that the teams have to activate a player to the 53-man roster. If they don't think that he's going to be ready in that time, well, you're not going to take him off pop. And we've, again, seen from good examples like Zach Ertz, suffered the same injury a month before Kyler Murray. He was taken off pop and had to practice for a few weeks. I think it was exactly three weeks before that season opener. So he really only had, I think he, he had said himself, he had like one true yeah. full week of practice. Every player is different. Every injury, every rehab is different. However, if that is the standard at which we're looking, that that's our measuring stick, and you need those three weeks, You it's such a risk. You can't risk it to designate Kyler Murray to return any sooner than that if you think it's going to be maybe four weeks before he's ready to return because then you're using up a roster spot and thankfully the Cardinals seem to be getting a lot of their players healthy but they've been dealing with injuries those roster spots they're important that you have players who you can rely on on game day can you afford a three quarterback 53 man roster right now they got two but that's what you would be asking yourself if you designate Kyler and then that window is up and you got to put him on the roster but he's not quite ready to be a backup because if if Kyler's ready he's going to start he's not going to be your number two quarterback but if you do put him on the 53-man roster but he's not quite ready then you make him inactive one of your seven or eight inactives that means Clayton Toon is your backup to Josh Dobbs so now you have to have three quarterbacks on your 53. It wouldn't change the narrative because it obviously wouldn't affect Kyler Murray's rehab and his timetable to return. If you're a Cardinals fan, though, you should feel a sense of relief with how Josh Dobbs is playing. It would be a different story if Josh Dobbs or any other quarterback were not keeping this team in the game, were not creating opportunities. Dobbs, we've talked about this every single week. We, we don't need to go into depth again about just week after week, how he is personally improving, the confidence, the command, how that is spreading throughout the entire offense, the strength of having a dual threat quarterback, the mobility with Josh Dobbs' legs. It would be a different conversation if the quarterback play were not at the level it's been at with Josh Dobbs and you're anxiously waiting for Kyler Murray to return. I think the noise would be a lot louder if Dobbs was struggling and you have this weapon, this first-round draft pick, this two-time Pro Bowler, this Offensive Rookie of the Year waiting in the wings. But I don't think 
how Dobbs performs, whether good, bad, or indifferent, factors into Kyler Murray's rehab? No. When Kyler Murray comes back, he's your starting quarterback. You said it. There is no question about that. No. There's none. We have seen instances in the past. The perfect example is New England. Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. Tom Brady comes in. You ride the hot hand. Bledsoe, at the time, the highest paid player in the league. He's on the sideline, and we know what happens with Brady seven Super Bowls later. Now, that was then. This is now. But there's that question. I do understand some people thinking, okay, Dobbs is playing so well. Why risk it? Let me tell you why. Because next year, although it's expensive, is the first year you can get out of Kyler Murray's contract. You are not going to make that decision not having seen what Kyler Murray can do on the field under head coach Jonathan Gannon, offensive coordinator Drew Petzing, with the personnel they have, with the scheme. And if the Cardinals are going to have a high draft pick, either from their own final standings or the Houston Texans, who we need to start losing. (laughs) They're not helping. The Cardinals need to know whether or not they need to draft another quarterback. Straight up. So to me, there's no question whether or not Kyler Murray is your starting quarterback the second he is ready to play because you've got a lot you need to figure out for the future of this team, of this franchise, with your quarterback. You need to make sure that he is still a good fit, which I believe he will be, especially with all the play action that we've been seeing and and how we have seen this offense progress under Drew Petzing. But you need to see it with your own eyes and you need to know what is important for you to have in the future and whether or not that revolves around Kyler Murray. Let me change the scenario for you. I'm in complete agreement with you, by the way, but let me change the scenario. Say this team is not one in three. They're three and one going into this week's game against the Bengals. Josh Dobbs is on fire. He's six and one, six and two, five and three or whatever. You're right there in the hunt. You got Kyler Murray saying, I'm ready. Again, that's riding the hot hand but I do believe, to your point, with this new front office, this new coaching staff, this year was not the year. You're not going to hear that publicly from anyone in the front office, the coaching staff, but I think we all are in an understanding this is the foundation year. This is where you figure out who you can keep, who you don't need anymore, who can you build and surround everyone with, your pillars, if you will. And you have to figure out. Is Kyler Murray one of those pillars? That's why, now, again, they're not 3-1, and one, they're 1-3, and three, but they are playing good football under Josh Dobbs, which, great for Dobbs. It could mean he's back next year as a backup or he's somewhere else starting. So props to him for what he's doing, protecting the football, orchestrating scoring drives, and just being a tremendous person to speak to, by the way. His interviews, his media availability on Wednesday are phenomenal. Just love listening to him. But again... The record of the team and where you are, does that factor in? It doesn't right now, but if this team gets on a run, all of a sudden you're four and three, five and three, and Kyler's knocking on the door and said, Hey, what about me? You know what? If that is the case, then you can bring that up and Cardinals cover till we get there because it's just, I understand that side of riding the hot hand and, and making a push if you are in it. I just think so many decisions ride on whether or not Kyler Murray is your quarterback moving forward is that fair to put him in that spot where you just paid him and now all of a sudden you're not playing him 
Or if you're going to play him and the Cardinals get hot and then all of a sudden they start losing and it's, okay, let's just throw Kyler Murray in there and that's the situation you're putting him in. I just, I, I feel like there are more cons than pros if that's the decision that is made. You have to think long-term versus short-term right now. And to Murray's credit, at least according to Jonathan Gannon, because the question was asked on Wednesday about Murray, was he disappointed that he has not been designated to return? And Gannon was like, no. And he did mention that Murray, quote, has a different bounce in his step the last few weeks. Take that for whatever it is, how well this team is playing, what he thinks he could add to this offense when he does get on the football field based on what he has seen. So I do think everyone is in lockstep as far as what the process, what the plan is, as far as getting Kyler Murray back on the football field. And heck, a week from this Wednesday, a week from today, Danny, maybe we're having the same conversation, just different because now Kyler is on the practice field. He has been designated to return. A bounce in a step. That means his knee's feeling good, right, if he's bouncing around? (laughs) Okay, maybe we'll go with that. Kind of like you. You always have a bounce in your step, right? Thank you. Sometimes. I try. Sometimes? All the time. All the time. Just Thanks, Craig. All the time. By the way, some other injury notes. Good news for the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Ledbetter back on the practice field Wednesday after missing last week. Left hand, though, heavily taped. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, uh, all, not a full club because he had some fingers that were out. It was his thumb, his index, and his middle finger were free. But the fact that he only had to tape his ring finger and his pinky and it was that big of a club... Oof, he's got to be in some pain. And also some great field awareness. I almost got taken out by Ledbetter at practice. I saw you walking away. Where I was standing trying to get a picture of Ledbetter, all of a sudden, actually I was trying to get a shot of Dennis Daly, who was on the other side of the field, so I was not paying attention to what the defensive linemen who were right in front of me, what they were doing. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I... I feel this rush, and I was like, I looked up, I was like, oh, there's number 93. And he stopped, and we joked about it in the locker room during media availability. But yeah, I almost got taken out by a defensive lineman. That would not have been good. Head on a swivel, Craig. Now, you talk about Calvisi getting run over by Rondell Moore. That's one thing. Jonathan Ledbetter over me? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd Paul, be questionable to play or to be on air on Paul Sunday. stayed on his feet. If you were oh, getting crushed have, by would, Jonathan oh. Ledbetter... I don't I think that would have been the case. No, 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 not just stayed on my feet. So that's good news. Ledbetter is back on the field. Josh Woods, inside linebacker, back on the field. An ankle injury has forced him to miss the last three games, so it was good to see number 10 on the football field. Keontae Ingram was spotted during the open portion of practice, although on the injury report officially listed as DNP with that neck injury that cost him last week's game. Other than that, this is a fairly healthy team knock on wood knock on wood and again there's no lj collier no callers carlos watkins they remain on ir as does buda baker but other than that a fairly i mean the injury list is long but as gannon likes to say just little nicks look you you're still light at defensive line but getting back these other players um hopefully sooner rather than later you do get back my sanders you do get buda baker back it all ties together and it all helps and I don't want to say a weak spot, but a lighter spot, which is the D-line on this defense. By the way, Sunday's game, 105 kickoff against the Bengals. It's going to be all black I was just going to say, what a great uniform matchup. Oh, it's going to be so cool. What are the Bengals wearing? Are they wearing their pretty, all whites? I would think so. Okay. So we got all whites against the all blacks. All right. 
Cardinals were practicing in those alternate black helmets, helmets. Yeah. Wednesday, and they looked good. I mean, these look the black uniforms, the alternate uniforms with the old uniforms looked good. The black ones with the new uniforms also look very good. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun one. 105 is the kickoff. 8.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. So that is week five coming up on Sunday and also coming up on azcardinals.com. Thursday, typically Thursday, mm-hmm. sideline exchange, and the most in-demand player no of the week, Michael Wilson. Rightfully so, though. Two touchdowns, his first two touchdowns of his career. By the way, found out why he kept both footballs. It wasn't for one for each of his parents, which I brought up post-game because I figured, well, why do you need two? You usually keep the first. He, he mentioned that he kept both because it was two on that day. I was like, so if you had caught four touchdowns, you would have kept all four? He goes, yeah, because that was my first day of scoring a touchdown. I was like, okay, It's pretty cool. When I talked with him in the interview, he had said the plan, he doesn't have a plan of where they're going to go yet. He said he probably will give them to his parents right now, but the plan is 10, however many years when he's done, he's going to have a big room and he's going to put all the memorabilia and all that stuff in there. So he doesn't have that room yet, but that's what he's saving those two touchdown balls for. Sideline exchange with Michael Wilson, who, by the way, the sixth most receiving yards among rookies and averaging almost 17 yards a catch, which is sixth best in the league through four games. He's got 237 receiving yards, which is too shy of Hollywood Brown, who leads the team. Michael Wilson, more impressively to me, has the most yards after catch on the team with 69. The way he's been able to get open, the trust that this staff and his quarterbacks having him for those big-time plays, those big-time moments. So impressive as a rookie, and that's been from the beginning. He didn't play a lot in the preseason, and that's because most of the starters don't. So from early on, Michael Wilson has shown that physically and mentally, he knows what it takes. And Dobbs brought that up on Wednesday when he was asked about Wilson, that when Dobbs arrived, he thought, again, not knowing the Cardinals inside and out like you and I do, Danny, but when he got on the field and saw Michael Wilson running routes and practicing, he thought that was a second or third year receiver based off how well he was running routes and how well he was focused and practicing and only to realize, oh wait, that's a rookie. He hasn't he hasn't played in a game yet. So that connection is still being worked out because he's been targeted sixteen times talking about Michael Wilson. Hollywood has been targeted thirty two times. So making the most of your opportunities, I think those targets by Michael will only increase. Oh, I agree. And and you hope the same whenever Kyler Murray comes back. It was just a great interview with Michael Wilson. He, he is in high demand. I know we're doing stuff with him for social this week. He also talked to the media in the locker room after my interview. He's also on the Big Red Rage, which is back to having live shows, 10 live shows. For those that are listening here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals in the area in Maricopa County, it's Trophy and Chandler on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. That's Thursday at 6 p.m. It's been, what, I think since 2019 that the Big Red Rage has been consistently live on location. There's been a couple of one-offs. Kaiser White earlier this season, Buda Baker on a schedule release a couple years back, but 10 Thursdays now this season. One hour with a player, giveaways, autographs. In fact, this week there's a 
pair of tickets for the Cardinals Bengals game that will be given away. And oh yeah, Paul Calvisi. That's what I was going to say. It's not just a player. You got to give Wolf and Paul some love too. Like that that stuff is so fun when the fans you get to go and see those interactions live, and then of course you get to have some giveaways or maybe get something signed, get some tickets. When we talk to players, I, I think that our content team as a whole does a really good job of getting a feel for them as as a person. You can really feel that vibe, but nothing beats getting to know a player than watching that interview live and, and getting to know their personality more that way and talking more than just football. And if you are thinking or near trophy in Chandler, I would strongly encourage you to go out. And if you're curious about the access, Michael Wilson strikes me as someone that, one, will show up on time and even maybe hang around afterwards. If there's enough fans that are interested, it just again, I'm not promising anything. I don't want to say something and then have it not come have to fruition. Have people flood in your DMs. But he just strikes me as someone that would engage and be friendly and not just show up and then wave goodbye. Agree. Yeah, I, I get that vibe from him as well. So it should be fun. Now, and, and every week, 10, 10 Big Red Rage live episodes. Of course, if... Danny Sarek is the guest of the Big Red Rage. We got the private no entrance. No one's going to show up. The security detail. <laughs> and then she'll just sneak you out You can be back. my security. You're tall enough. You can see everything I can't. Security detail. Okay, that, we might have to work on that. That, of course, would require Paul to like invite you to the Big Red Rage. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know about that. It takes It's a very difficult invite to guess. To, to really? Yeah. Okay, good to know. Good to Maybe know. I won't be the guest. Maybe <laughs> next year. Something to work towards. Goals, right? Yes. Everyone needs goals. Okay, we'll work on that. (laughs) And on that note, we'll put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almondro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.